0: Word it, just, you know, when you meet with God, and He just kind of shakes you up a little bit, I mean, it's good. I mean, we have, we serve a good God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just glad we had a worship service like that. Pastor dorinthy and their worship team just did phenomenal today. Let's just take a moment. I can't. I just feel. I just can't move on yet. So let's just take a moment. Yeah, I think God wants to say something. So let's just see what He's doing. Sometimes this can be uncomfortable because see, if you're a planner and you like things laid out, following the Holy Spirit isn't the easiest. (laughs) But if you're not a planner, then you know you need God to do stuff. But let's just let's just take a moment. What are you saying, Lord? He leads me by still waters. He quiets my soul. Father, would you even now, God, would you quiet the noise in our hearts and in our soul even now? In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go. Let's do this. John chapter 10, verse 27. It says, My sheep hear. Or they know, in another translation, my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So, how many of us know that Jesus is the shepherd? Say amen. Amen. Absolutely, he's the shepherd. You can look at your neighbor and say, he's the shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. So, we are to hear his voice. We're to know his voice. So, what's kind of cool when you, just this is one verse, when you kind of look at it, you know, go from this standpoint, Hearing God can be, uh, coincide with belonging to Him. Cause He says, my sheep. So when He's looking at you, He didn't say, the sheep. See, when I see these four little Hester kids that kinda look like their mama and kinda look like me, I look at them and I say, my kids. Okay? When I see Soto's, I say, His kids. So God says, my sheep, hear my voice. So the Lord, he calls you his. You want me to move forward a little bit? Oh, are you trying to, are you testing my, my? oh, because he he's back there doing his little thing? Okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> make sure we don't. So you belong to him. Say, I belong to him. So, if you belong to him, then you should know his voice. And that's why we're talking about the sermon series. Because there's a lot of people that are Christian, but yet they would say, well, I don't hear the voice of God, or I don't, I don't, how do, would ask. And this is why we're doing the sermon series. How do you know the voice of God, or how do you hear the voice of God? When a crowd of people, I can guarantee you, my kids know daddy's voice. It's not that it's distinct. It's not that it's original. It's just when they're tuned in. Or or here, check this out. As a mom, this is not on the notes. As a mom, I've seen this happen over and over again. Mothers are sitting together and they're talking and their kids are playing in the background. And then a kid starts crying. The mom, not even looking back at the child, knows which one is their child that's crying. I've seen that over and over and over and over again. They're like, oh, that's mine, and they know. I mean, to me, crying babies all sound the same. They're all, eh, you know, it's all the same, but no. But see, there is there is a connection, come on, there's a belonging that happens, that when that child is crying out, that mom knows, she's sitting there having a conversation with her friends, sipping coffee, having a good old time, all of a sudden, so-and-so fell off of, of the slide, or they fell off the swings, Up, oh, they know, they didn't even look back, they know that's their child. Why? Because she knows the voice of her child. Friends, in the same context, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep. He calls you his own. You belong to him. Look at your neighbor and say, I belong to him. Man, I love that. That makes me feel good to know that I belong to him. Because when I belong to him, then he takes care of me. So when you belong to yourself, you gotta figure it out yourself. But because I belong to him, he talks and he takes care of. We're gonna read all of John chapter 5 or John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. So if you got your Bibles, how many got that good old school leather bound? Hold that up, hold it proud, look at y'all. Yeah. Uh, old school. Yeah. When when our batteries die, your 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 Bible is still alive. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we're going to read a few verses here in John chapter 10, 1 through 5. Verse 1, it says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, Who's he talking to? You guys are smart. You guys get it. Talking to the Pharisees. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, say gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Anyone here ever had something stolen from them before? Yeah, yeah. If you've lived in the world, most likely somebody has stolen something from you from time to time. Your house has a specific entry point. What's it called? The door. If people don't come through your door and they're entering into your house, what most likely are they? A thief or a robber? Or you lock the door and you can't get in and you're sending your kid up through the window. <laughs> right? You're pushing them up, they're getting them up, they getting got that second floor window unlocked. Jesus says they only enter through the gate. Every other entryway is a thief and a robber. We know this. Anybody that comes in your house other than your door. Okay, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Isn't that awesome to think? Okay, this is is Jesus telling a parable, but he's talking about himself and he's talking about us and he's saying he calls you by name. God's not too busy. Your friends may be too busy. All your Facebook friends may be too busy. Their husband may be working numerous hours and he's not there, but God says, "I know you by name," and He calls you by name and leads them out. I've got the shirt that says, "Lead me, man. I need the Lord to lead me." <laughs> what happens when we lead ourselves? Destruction, messed up mess, face in the poop. I mean, it's all ugly. Right, you walk into brick walls? Trip? Hurt yourself? It says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep, his own sheep, by name leads them out. When he has brought all of them out, he goes on ahead of them. Man, it's so good that Jesus goes ahead of us. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So friends, Jesus... Is giving a parable, talking about in order for us to have direction, we got to know the voice of God. Somebody say Amen right there, because he's the one that leads. I love this part. It says, "But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice." Look at your neighbor say, "Stranger danger, stranger, stranger danger." That's what you teach your little kids, right? Playing out in a park. Some stranger come up, hey little kid, you want a piece of candy? Nope, get away from me, mama! (laughs) Right? Get your mama. When you are connected with Christ, when you are in oneness with God, when you hear His voice, then friends, and I was talking about this on Wednesday, when, when, when a, when something that is foreign that's not of God, when it tries to speak into your life, you automatically know that's not of God. Have you ever had a a time in your life where if you're, hopefully, hopefully, if you're a follower of Christ, you have this happen on a regular basis. I just, in the name of Jesus, I just decree over you that you would have discernment beyond your own ability so that this would happen if it's never happened because you need it. You need to have discernment in, in these days that we live in because there's many false spirits. There's many false things that are trying to deceive people. Have you ever been in a situation when Somebody was talking to you and they were saying something was of God, but then something inside your chest was like, that don't sound right. Have you ever had that happen? What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit inside of you that's saying whatever that is, is not right. What is that? A stranger? A stranger's voice? Because when you're connected with the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit say, "Well, that's not me." Or have you ever had somebody? I, maybe <laughs> have you ever had somebody speak something over you? And as soon as they were saying that over you, you were like, "No, Mm-mm. no, that, nope, that don't, that don't align with 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 the Spirit of God in me. That doesn't align with the Word of God. And I, whatever that that is, just foreign. That's a stranger. That's that's not, nana. I, I don't receive that." Some of us need to just have boldness. And when people say something stupid over us, we just need to go ahead and say, thank you, but I don't receive that. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm just not receiving everything people speak over me anymore. It's a stranger's voice. Look at your neighbor say, stranger's voice. Friends, do you know that God is always speaking? Do you know that? God is always speaking. How do I know this? I know this because in John chapter 5, verse 17 in the New Living Translation, the Scripture says, But Jesus replied, My Father is always working and so am I. How does God work? Does God grab a hoe and start plowing something? Does He grab His power tools and go into the workplace? Does He grab a pen and paper? Does He grab His laptop? And go into his office. How does God work? We see that. Come on, we see that in, in Genesis. When He's what working, He's creating what does He say? Light boom! And it is right. So, God, how He works is He speaks. When you see Jacob and Jacob's ladder, when he's he's sitting there and he has this vision or this dream of these angels that are ascending and descending on, on what looks like a ladder. What are they doing? They're they're doing the will of God. They have messages from God. They have assignments of God. Why? Because they're always working. They're working because God is working. And how are they working? Because God is telling them where to go and what to do. So God is always speaking. We're just not always listening. And that's why we're talking about being tuned in. Because I believe God wants to do something in us where we're able to we can discern. We can hear His voice. We will know what God has called us to do. He's always working. He's always speaking. We need to just listen a little better. James chapter 1, verse 19 gives us a little bit of clarity on the fashioned being that we are. When God created us, He gave us two ears and one mouth. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, we could say my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Many of us have this backwards, we're quick to speak, slow to listen. And I'm I'm not... I'm not, not, uh, not a part of that. I mean, I, I am usually deficient of this verse where we're quick to speak and slow to listen. And I think, I think our, you know, our, our, our biology, the way God created us, you know, almost as, uh, uh, you know, to give us a, a clue that we should be listening twice as much as we're speaking. I mean, God could have created us however He wanted to, right? I mean, I mean, He could have He could have just gave you one ear and like slapped it right on your forehead if He wanted to, and like, and nobody would think that looks crazy because that's how we. It's always, I mean, everyone could right now look like Klingons with a big old ear right on your forehead, and that's how you hear, and we wouldn't think anything of it. And then if you saw somebody with two ears on the side of their head, you would think that was weird, but God didn't create us like that. He created us with two ears and one mouth. I think that's because we need to listen twice as much as we speak. (laughs) Do I do that all the time? No. But if you want to hear the voice of God, we need to start doing that on a more periodic basis. Because if you're always talking to God and not listening, he can't get any words in. God, do this. God, I need you to do this. God, I need this. God, I, God, 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 help me here. Help me there. Help me everywhere. And he's like, if you would just quiet yourself, I've got something to say, but I can't get a word in. <laughs> I can't talk to you. You're talking too much. Anybody have that problem in their marriage? Don't raise your hand. Don't get in trouble. Don't to raise your hand. If your wife is that, or spouse, or husband, you notice how I said wife. <laughs> You know, you can raise your hand. No, I'm just joking. That's right. Okay, so do you know that there are some things that are the enemy enemy to hearing the voice of God in our life? There are some things that will actually stop us from hearing the voice of God. And so we're just going to talk about two things, and I know there's probably many of them, but these are just two things that I felt the Lord put on my heart Just to briefly mention, number one, friends, the first enemy of hearing the voice of God in our life is sin. Friends, when you got pride, when you got arrogance, when you have unforgiveness, when you have sexual immorality, you know, lying, slander, stealing, all these, you know, all these things, when they're at work in your life, it's hard to hear God's voice. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and and, and pause here for a moment and say. God speaks to sinners. He absolutely does. I mean, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, God is, God is always reaching out to people. He's always trying to speak to people. I mean, He's, he's always speaking. But if we're, if, we, if we're a follower of Christ, and, and we consider ourselves born again or saved or whatever terminology you want to use, and you have habitual sin, say habitual, Okay, there's a difference between habitual sin and falling into sin. We're all going to fall into sin. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to for, fall short. But habitual sin is, I'm going to continue falling short and I know God's going to forgive me. And I'm, going, and I'm going to just keep asking for forgiveness because I know He forgives me. That's habitual sin. You know it's wrong, but you're still doing it. Hebrews chapter 10 says, when you live like that, it says there is, it says there is no there's no sacrifice for that sin. It says you actually trample the blood of Jesus and you insult the spirit of grace. Look it up. It's, it's, that's that's uh, Hebrews chapter 10. It's like verse 23, 24, 25. So when I'm saying sin, what I'm talking about is habitual sin, I probably should have, I probably should have put habitual on there. That would have made it a little... So when you, if you live a life of habitual sin, it's hard to hear God it's hard, you, you, because what you're doing is you're tainting your temple. And if you're constantly letting other influences in, then friends, it's hard to tune in. It's hard to hear God's voice. Again, God, I mean, I believe God goes after the backslider. I believe he speaks. I believe the Lord, I, I believe the Lord gives us words to 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 speak into people. But but if you're like, I can't hear God, well, one of the things blocking that is your sin. It just is what it is. So take it for what it is. Number two, this is the second enemy. And again, I know there's lots of them. Second enemy to hearing the voice of God is distraction. Look at your neighbor say distraction. Friends, we need to train ourselves to quiet ourselves and tune out the white noise. Busyness can be a distraction. Our own understanding can be a Distraction. This little thing that's in your pocket is a major distraction. You know, I was—I've uh, been—I've been kind of pondering on this here recently. You know, there used to be a day, there used to be a time when we didn't have these in our in our pockets, and and so when people when they did things, they usually would have. How can I word this? Like maybe like some downtime because. Maybe you went to work, and then, you know, between work and going home, you could like recalibrate your thoughts and listen to the radio, things like that, driving home. And then, when you would go to bed, you'd maybe turn on the TV or read a book or something like that. But we're 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 in a, 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 a our society is in, in a time where every single waking moment of our time is now being called think about it i mean i'm holding one but but we live in a in a day that we're now controlled by this little thing by every ding ping dong bing zing ring bling bring whatever whatever happens and so you'd never have quiet time because you try to have quiet time and bring and then you're looking at you and then then and what's happening your facebook's updating because one of your friends posted something and your twitter feed is going off and then your emails are telling you that you need to check your emails and your text messages from your mom and your aunt and your uncle and whoever else and then on top of that the games that you're playing are are are, are sending you little reminders saying you haven't played in the last 15 minutes and then you have I mean it's just constantly going off over and over and over and over again so you never have a waking moment. So God can't speak because you're either doing stuff or you're doing stuff. Wow. I'm guilty. Last week when I was preparing my message and, and I was uh, trying to spend some time on my face, and same thing, my phone's like, Bring, and I'm like, well, okay, what's going on? And I take a second, I go look at my phone, I go put it back on the charger, and I'm like, Do-do-do-do. I'm like, what the heck now? So and then I'm like, i got to put this thing on the charger on the other side of the room. Because I'm just going to keep, every time this thing makes a little zip or zing, I'm going to be looking at, what is it? Just look at your neighbor say, distraction. distraction. Friends, we live in a, in a culture that is bombarded with, with, with our attention being drawn to something else. There's no quiet time anymore. I love movies. I do, man. I love, I love movies. I love watching TV. I love you know, doing all these type of things. But quiet time used to be the time when God would speak, but now we have no quiet time. And so you have to almost create quiet time now. Friends, how many of us know that hearing the voice of God, that half of it is desire, and the other half of it is positioning ourselves? Let me say this for a moment. Half of it is desire, meaning you want it. As we're talking about being tuned in the voice of God, if you don't care... Then this sermon series is gonna go in one ear and not the other. But if there's something inside of you that says, I want to know God's voice, if there's something inside of you that says, I wanna hear the voice of the Lord, I wanna hear the leading of God, friends. That's desire, that's passion, that's half of it. The other half is positioning yourself to hear God's voice. It's like a person that has, you know, they have a, they want a diet. You can have all the desire you want to diet, but if you don't do something about it, it doesn't happen. Wow. I know a lot of people are like, man, I want to lose weight, or I want to get in shape. And they got all the desire. There's no action behind it, though. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. We can have all the desire. I want to hear God's voice. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you don't position yourself. Wow. It's never going to happen. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, Position yourself. Position. Friends, match your desire with your action. Match desire with action. That's so good. Match your desire with action. and God's going to speak. He's going to speak. He's waiting for an opportunity to speak to you today. <laughs> Blink. Yeah, it's going off right now. Told you. It's distracting you from my message. <laughs> my <battery. laughs> yeah, is that a battery? <laughs> Telling you your battery. No, bling. Your battery's dying. You've got to charge it so that you can... <laughs> How many of us know that God usually doesn't speak in a very in a thunderous tone like on Mount Sinai? When all the Israelites were down there at the at the bottom of the of the mountain and God was speaking thunderous to them and it said they were afraid and they told Moses, "You go up to the mountain. You go you go find out what he wants to say. We can't hear God. We're going to die." God usually doesn't speak like that. I mean, personally i've never had god speak to me like that not saying that god doesn't speak like that because i believe especially in the end times you know god's going to be speaking but when you look at the life of elisha in first kings chapter 19 and i think my wife even shared this uh, verse last week but it's just such a good verse and elisha and he's and so he's hiding in the cave from jezebel he had this amazing victory 450 prophets of Baal are, are made to look like idiots. I mean, I mean just incredible miraculous things. I mean, fire came down from heaven and burnt the offering that was that was doused in water. I mean, and it, and and I mean it was just it was absolutely miraculous. I mean, God whoever was at at that event knew God was real. So Elisha's hiding in the cave because because uh, Jezebel's like, "Somebody, bring me the head of Elijah." So he's running. He's hiding in a cave. So he's in this cave, verse 11. OK? And so God says, "And he said, "Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Man, Lord, can, will you pass us by? Just Amen. Jesus, come. Yeah. Passes by, come, yeah. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains, and it broke into pieces. (laughs) The rocks before the Lord, and the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Come on, man, God should have been speaking in the fire. I want the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elisha heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah?" God was not in the thunderous tones. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the fire. He was in the whisper. In order for us to hear the whisper of God, we gotta quiet ourselves. And and for and if you have an A-type personality, that isn't easy. To quiet yourself before the Lord. But friends, in order for us to tune into God, we need to learn to quiet ourselves. We need to learn to quiet ourselves. It's not easy. If you're a parent, you got kids that are hanging on. You are a grandparent. you got grandkids hanging on you all the time. you got demands of your spouse. Demands of your job. Demands of making sure you're making money and putting food on the table. I mean, life. I mean, we, we are all in the same boat. Look at your neighbor. We're all in the same boat. We're all, we all have the same stuff. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all in the same the millhouse. But what makes the person sitting next to you where they're hearing the voice of God and you're not what would differentiate the two? I would say it's because that person is positioning themselves and you have just allowed the distractions to keep you busy. And it's not easy. It's not easy to quiet yourself. Some people don't like being quiet. Some people, they quiet themselves. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say this. For some people, when they quiet themselves, it's it, it almost makes them feel weird. Like you're like, now what do I do? It's like, like my buddy Jonas, you know, he's over at uh, over at the Waterville campus, and uh, you know, you know, God's doing some awesome things in Waterville. It's it's really cool, and so uh, we have our meetings, and he has to have a fidget spinner, like just or something, because he just can't, you know, he's just that's how he is. It's you know, quiet makes him feel. You know, weird. Some people are like that, like like their demeanor, how they're crea- You know, how they're wired is quietness. Like it 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 brings anxiety. So you'd have to train yourself. For some of us, it's easy because you just you know you just you know quiet yourself and fall asleep. You're just like mm, quiet, you know. Just you, you just do it so easy. <laughs> God wants to teach us how to quiet ourselves. So, so why is hearing the voice of God important? Why is it important for us to hear the voice of God? Do you know that it is important? A few things I'm going to talk about here. Number one, friends, we need to hear the voice of God because we need connection. We need connection. Friends, we need to know that He's there. We need to hear the encouraging words. You know, we need to have the safety of God. We need to have the edifying words of Daddy. I think of just like how a voice of a mother can soothe a crying baby before she touches him. Baby's crying, and a mother says, shh, 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 And the child starts winding down just because of the voice of mom. Friends, do you know God wants to speak in such a way that would quiet our soul when the rages of life are happening? God wants to connect with us. And so, there's just something reassuring that when you are moving in a direction and you know that God is with you in this, that gives you the confidence to go forward. Am I the only one here? See, I don't like to move forward. See, because I've I, I, I failed one too many times on my own, doing it my way. I don't like going forward unless I know that God is doing this thing. <laughs> How many friends god when he how are you to know that you're valued that he wants to add value to you unless you hear him speak that to you unless you sense the nearness and the presence of god friends god wants to reveal to you your worth and that only happens through connection god wants to he wants to tell you some stuff he wants to connect with you Friends, we need to hear God. It's important because we need connection. We need encouragement. We need edification. God wants to reveal your worth. He wants to connect with you. That's what he created when he created the garden. When he created Adam and Eve. That whole setup was meant for connection. The scripture says that they walked in the garden in the cool of the day. That's connecting. Friends, it's in hearing the voice of God is important because we need connection. Number two. This is where many of us, we need this the most, though. Maybe you feel valued. Maybe you know who you are in God. Maybe you know you're a daughter of God, a son of God. But friends, you need direction. Well, You need Him to tell you where to go, what to do, and how to move. Friends, do you know that I'm always asking God on a regular basis? I'm always asking God, God, what are you saying? I always say, we're we're. Every worship service when we're meeting together, it's usually one of my questions. God, what are you saying today? Or I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because what, whatever you're doing, I want to do. There you go. I want to know, know what you're doing so that I'm moving with you. What did Jesus say? He said, I don't do anything I don't see my Father doing. So if we are called Christians, which is Christ-like, meaning we're supposed to imitate the likeness of Christ, He's put the Spirit of God in you to represent Him, that you're supposed to be a Christ-like person, a representation of on this earth. If He would say, I'm not doing anything, I don't see my Father doing, then friends, I don't want to be out of the will of God trying to do my own thing. Our heart should be, if you're a follower of Christ, God, what are you doing? I want to join you with what you're doing. Oftentimes what it is is we're chucking along and saying, God, can you bless what I'm already doing? Can you, like, can you bless this? And he, and he may say, yeah, sure. Or he may say, I can't bless no mess. <laughs> I can't bless a mess. But it makes it easier if you're like, God, what are you doing? And then I'm going to follow you. Because see, the Scripture says, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, many are the plans in a, lo- in, in a man's heart, but the Lord determines the steps. Meaning God directs, but He can't direct if you ain't listening. If not, you just go off and do your own thing. And you can be a follower of Christ, and you can say you love God, and you can still be doing your own thing. Friends, how can you operate? Listen to me. Just, just I, I, need, I need all of your, your, your attention just for a moment. Because this is of, of vital importance. How can you operate in the assignment on your life if you're not listening to God's voice? Do you know there is assignment of God on your life specifically for you? Not for, I mean, I've got my own assignment. Pastor Earl has his assignment. How can you know what that assignment is and follow that assignment unless you know the voice of God and you're getting direction from him? For example, and I'm just saying this because this is, this is the easiest example for me to think of right at the top of my head. When we, when we planted Vision Ministries, man, I'm born and raised here in the city my whole life. Grew up in North Toledo. Got married to my wife. She was South Ender. I got over that because she looked good, even though I didn't like South Toledo <laughs> growing up. Hey. <laughs> So then I moved to South Toledo, and God gave me a heart for South Toledo, and and my wife and I, I've dedicated the last two decades to South Toledo. So when we planted Vision, I'm like, you know, we can. My wife and I, we knew like there was something in the end of us, man. We could do this again. But I had a heart for North Toledo. I told I told everybody, shoot, advertised it. We're gonna start a church in North Toledo. Shoot. If God can get my wife's neighborhood, He needs to get my neighborhood. And so, man, I'm serious, man. I would drive through over there on Stickney and through LaGrange and Central and all that, and, and I'd be praying. And I'd see buildings for sale and, and I'm like, man, that would be a good spot. And I'm telling you, I mean, my, you know, having vision for something. And, and there was a year when I told all of our team, because it was like, man, I just felt like things were kind of lining up. And like, I told our whole team, I remember we were meeting in, we actually were meeting in, back in, in the room back here when we were doing our team meetings. And I said, this is the year. This year, what we're going to do is we're going to duplicate. I don't know if you remember this. We're going to duplicate ourselves. Everybody's going to duplicate themselves. So, so Pastor Dawn, we need you to raise up another children's pastor. You know, uh, we had a different uh, youth leaders at the time. We need we need another youth pastor. We need it, And I, I'm like, and we're going to, this year, we're going to duplicate ourselves because next year, I want us to launch a church in North Toledo. And everybody's about it. And they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Do you know that year, half our leadership left the church? Our worship leader got married and left. Our youth pastors moved down to Alabama. <laughs> our, other, our other leadership, our associate pastors, their job moved them down to Columbus. I'm like, okay, God. You see, we have desires. So I'm like, okay, God, obviously that's not, you're, you're not doing that. So then this building's for sale across this right here. Can I be transparent? Can I just be transparent so y'all can hear? Yeah? yeah? Y'all with me? Okay, this is my this is okay. This is my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> buildings, uh, buildings for sale next door, and I'm like, well, okay, God, you're not obviously opening doors over in North Toledo, so maybe you just want us to expand the campus here. You know, we'll just build larger ministry, man. We, you know, we need a youth center. We need a place we can do outreach ministry. We need all this other stuff. And so buildings for sale, let's buy the building. Let's do this. Let's, let's, you know, create a campus, South Toledo campus where we're, we're able to do more stuff and reach more people and stuff. And do you know, me trying to get that building was, I mean, the political red tape on trying to get that was incredible. It was insane. I mean, it was like they were fighting against me. They didn't want me to have that building. What do we call those? I call those closed doors. See, when you're going in a direction and doors close, sometimes you guys got to try to kick that door open. You can try that. You can have fun. But I'm telling you, friends, if the door is being closed in front of you, it's not meant for you to go in that. And then, see, sometimes what happens is we're going in a direction to look close to the door and then we get discouraged. God's not with me. He doesn't love me. And then we backslide. But friends, if God's closing a door, do you know that He closes doors that no man can open? He opens doors that no man can close? Because He knows the assignment on your life. God knows what's going on. So then, a year and a half ago, I'm at this, I'm at this pastor's meeting, and they had this map, and they're, and, they're, and they're pinpointing all of these communities, and we're in this... We, we took the, we took that time and we were praying and fasting and we're praying over these, these, we're praying over all of these areas. We're praying over, you know, praying over Toledo and praying over Maumee and praying over Waterville and we're praying, you know, White House and Sylvania. We're just praying over Northwest Ohio. Okay. And do you know, I'm weeping as we're praying. I mean, God's just like weeping. I'm crying. I mean, it was, and, and I'm like, God, you want me to start a church, don't you? And it's like, yeah. but it didn't look like the way that I thought. And he he just kept highlighting Waterville, and I'm like, Waterville? Waterville? They don't need Jesus. (laughs) They got money. (laughs) They don't need God. I'm telling you, I fought with God for a year. And I said, God, obviously you want us to do something. And do you know when you and when God speaks, when He's, I mean, it's just He opens doors. I mean, the doors flew open. It was insane. I mean, the favor that we have in Waterville, I mean, we got a councilwoman that goes to our church there. I mean, my wife knows the mayor out there. I mean, I mean, in one in two weeks, I told I told our I told our leadership team out there, in two weeks I said, I said, we need money. We we're meeting in this little place. And, and just the favor that was on it, because we're planning on meeting in somebody's house to start off. We're just gonna, I figured if we had like 10 people in somebody's house, that's great. Do you know our very first meeting was 30 people? We couldn't meet in their house. It was too small. We had to rent a place to, to, for our first meeting. And this was just a visionary meeting. This wasn't even a, a, a church meeting. So, we, so, we, so we're meeting in this place. And so I said, you know, in order for us to launch, to launch a church, to launch services, we need two things. We need a place because we have kids and they're like right next door and you can't have like kids like all loud and stuff because, uh, because you know, I mean, we, we just don't do church like that. You know, I mean, babies are cool, but when you have little kids and they're trying to, you know, sometimes mama needs a break and they need to be taught the, the word of God on their level. They need to meet Jesus smaller bites because they'd be falling asleep or they'd be punching their brother sitting in a service like us or, or you'd be smacking them on the back of the head. You can't pay attention to the word because you're disciplining your child. I know I have four. Right, distraction. Come on. I said, so we need a place and we need money. I already we already did the budget. I needed about I need about eight thousand dollars for sound equipment. How many of us you know sound equipment is expensive? You know, for sound equipment, for video equipment, I need about eight grand. So within two weeks, I get a, I get an email from from from, uh, from our network. And they say, how's everything going? I'm like, everything's going great, this and the other. They're like, well, we have some extra money set aside. What do you need? Uh, I said, well, here's the list. This is what we need. They sent us a check in a week. And in the, in the following week, we had two places open up that said, yeah, you can rent this place. One was a school. The other one was Fallen Timbers uh, Movie Theater. Within two weeks, we had, I mean, it was just like two things. They said, we need a place and we need money. And it was like, boom, boom. When, when, when you are following God... When you are in the will of God, friends, you don't have to kick doors open. I was fighting tooth and nail for this building. I didn't even have to fight for a check for money. I didn't have to fight for a spot. God just blew them open. That's why direction. Look at your neighbor say direction. direction. Because, friends, you know what? And this is the thing. And, and the Lord has called my wife and I to plant churches. And I believe Ron Teal, when he was here, he said, I see you have about five churches. you got about five more or whatever he said. I'm like, okay, whatever. Whatever you say. Whatever you want to do, but it's really, what God, whatever you want to do. But God, you know, but how would you, how, what if I was still trying to plant something in North Toledo? It could have been successful. But God saw, he saw Waterville, and he knew there was a need there, and he knew that he needed some willing people. And there's some awesome people in Waterville, and we're going to do more combined things. We had a worship service, I'm telling you, it was amazing. It was amazing we did a combined worship service. I'm telling you, South Toledo, like, we freaked them out a little bit. But it's good. Because sometimes people can get in their own little bubble and they, that's all they've seen. And so to see people love Jesus and express... So I'm telling you, some of the people were kind of freaked out. And it's okay. And I told them, that's all right. But there's people that are hungry for the presence of God there too. I mean, I mean, we had some people from South Seattle, they came here, they're like, we need to do this like all the time. Because they've never experienced anything like this. Do you know, I mean, this is, this is special, friends. This, this right here... You know, And I can't say, like, I'm doing it because I, I, I don't even touch what happens. God does his thing. I'm here only half the time. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on because this is preaching forever. Number, number three, finally, friends, God, hearing, the God out, hearing the voice of God is important because we need a connection. We need to connect with him. Number two, we need direction. We need him to tell us where to go. We need him to tell us what to do. We need him to tell us what to pray about. And then finally, number three, friends, we need revelation. We need revelation. Friends, we need insight. We need inspiration. Friends, it's important for us to hear the voice of God because He will tell us stuff about us that we don't know. You think you know everything about you? No, you don't. For example, how many hairs are on your head? Tell me. Right now, tell me. How many hairs? You don't know? How many are on your back? You don't know. You can't see back there. How many are on your chin? Hopefully, ladies, not too many. Just joking. If my wife ever she need that, I'll help her out. I'm about to get in trouble. I'm about to, I'm about to get in trouble. Oh. Oh, we'll edit this part and get it out. (laughs) Friends, God knows more about you than you know about you. The scripture says that the very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows all the DNA strands that are inside of your body. God knows us better than we know ourselves. So friends, God can tell you stuff about you that you don't even know. Do you know that? Do you know God wants to tell you stuff about you that, that you don't know? You think you know some stuff? You don't know Jack. Do you know that there is more inside of you that you even, that you, it says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us. See, you don't see. Yeah, he can do exceedingly abundantly. Yeah, he can do that, but he wants to do exceedingly abundantly in you. But how would you know unless you had revelation? Unless God revealed some things. For example, and I'm preaching forever. I remember. I remember probably about a year ago. And I was in my back room, and I was praying, and, uh, and, I was just, and I was just spending some time with God, and the Lord, and you know, you got to quiet yourself. And, he's, and he just started speaking to me, and he showed me something about myself. And I'm like, God, I, I never knew that. And I started crying. Big old cry, baby. Because I'm like, you know what, when I think about it, that's true. That's like... But see, I would never look at myself and see that. But he looked at me and he saw that. And he didn't say that to, because he wants to cast shame on me or because he wants me to think less of myself. No, he showed me that because he wanted to show me something that needed to work, I need to work on. And he showed me something that I need to surrender to him. But see, if I'm always busy and doing stuff, if, if my, do you know your goal? Listen to me, friends, just for a moment. Your goal here on earth this is your goal. Say my goal. Squad goals is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Do you know that's your goal? But if there's stuff in you that don't look like Jesus then that has to leave. Because he ain't changing. So sometimes God will share and reveal stuff about you that you didn't even know was there. I love that. Do you know when that happens I mean you become more healthier? You become stronger. I mean, I mean, I mean. I've seen, I've seen God break generational curses. People they didn't even know they had generational curses. Break generational curses. Why? Because God revealed it that there was curses that that were you know passed down through the generational bloodline. They just think that they're just crazy. You ain't crazy. Your mama was crazy. Your grandma was crazy. You crazy? But you ain't crazy. It's a generational curse. Break that mind-boggling spirit off, and that person gets free. Revelation. The way, you know, God wants to reveal things to us, and not just about ourselves, obviously. I mean, he wants to to reveal the mysteries. Say mysteries. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. His word says that I'm not making up stuff. I don't just make up stuff. Everything I I try to preach is straight from the Word. I don't just make up my own opinion. I, I try not to be opinionated. There's a lot of opinionated people out here, and you guys are cool and all, but my opinions suck. To be honest, Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, he said, "Call unto me, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know." Do you know another translation says, "Hidden things, hidden." Hidden things, I will show you hidden things. you know, I have this Bible at home it 's Hebrew and Greek, and right next to it it has the word for word translation so it do you so 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 it it does its best because the English language is is i mean we, we just have such, such a poor language that you know one, one word we use for love in in the Greek is like four different ways they use the word love so so the translators, God bless them, you know, do their very best to try to take the word and put it into our language for us to understand on the best level possible. So, when, so on my, my linear Bible where I have the Greek and Hebrew, and you have to actually read it backwards because that's how Hebrew, Hebrew is from. We, we write from left to right. Hebrew is from right to left. And so you've got to read the book backwards. And it has the English variant of that word. And so the word there for unsearchable is inscrutable. What's inscrutable? Inscrutable means impossible to understand or interpret. So he's saying, I want to tell you things that are impossible for you to understand, that are impossible for you to interpret. Actual, the actual Hebrew word there is bunsar, And that word means things that are inaccessible. Things that you cannot get to. It actually means things that are walled up and that are fenced. Things that are fortified. Mighty things that are cut off from you. So he says, call unto me and I will show you things that you can't get to. We're not talking about the written word of God because that's accessible to you. We're talking about revelation from heaven. That comes from the voice of the Lord. Written, you know, I love, I mean, the written word of God, we need it. But in the written word didn't tell me to plant a church in Waterville. Nowhere did I flip that it say, plant a church in Waterville. That came from the Holy Spirit and revelation from the voice of the Lord. Okay? The Lord wants to speak to us. We need revelation, everyday life living. We need, we need the written Word of God. We need, we need the Logos. You Absolutely. People that are walking in defeat because they don't have the Logos. We need the Rhema too. Logos and Rhema. Logos is written. Rhema is, is the, the Word that comes from the mouth of God. But friends, we can't have it if we're always distracted, if we're always busy, if we got sin in our life. If... Friends, only the voice of God can reveal things, can reveal these things. We need revelation from the, God, from the Father. Friends, God is still speaking. The Lord wants us to be still and start listening. Stand to your feet with me today. The graphic for, for our sermon series, for our tuned in series, is like an old radio and when we, when we were coming up with a sermon series, I feel like the Lord gives creativity. And the first thing I thought of when we talked about you know, talk, doing a, a series on hearing God's voice is I pictured this old radio, one of them old school radios, like the one your grandmama used to have, or maybe even the one some of you still have. <laughs> and think, think before digital and you would have that antenna that, that would, like, pop up. And if, and if it broke out, you would put, come on, a coat hanger inside that little hole. And you'd bend that thing. And what did you do if, you're, if your station was like, you do what? You try to move, right? You do pliers. You try to move that thing. You try to, you try to. Get that little dial and just kind of like maybe pinch it just a little tiny bit. What are you doing? You're trying to tune in the signal. And what does that take? That takes work on our part that, that you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're bending the thing and you're lifting it this way or you're moving the radio or, or you, sometimes you step away from it and you get a better signal or, or sometimes you've got to stand right next to it and the signal's clear and every time you step away it goes... And, you fit and, you're, and you're what are you doing? You're, you're, you're fine-tuning Friends, you know, hearing the voice of God is not always clear. It's, it's, I asked the person that's been serving God for, for, how long have you been serving the Lord for? Since 1989. Has it, has it gotten easier? I mean, do you hear, is it easier to hear God now than it, than it was 10 years ago? Not really. You can ask any person that's been serving God on a, on a long-term basis. And none of them going to say, yeah, it's gotten easier. No, it's not because what we do is we have to have our finger on that little knob, because there's always distraction, there's always strange voices always trying to, the enemy's always trying to do this, and so we have to just continually kind of tune that thing and move that thing so that we have that nice, clear signal from the Lord. And so my prayer is that you would learn to have diligence in your walk with God. That you would constantly, on a, on a spiritual sense, be tuning yourself into, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Oh, wait, that doesn't sound like God. That, wait, wait, wait. That, may, that sounds kind of like God, but that's not of God. And that you'd have, like I said, discernment, and that you're constantly moving that, that little red, remember that little red thing? You're constantly moving that thing for you to get a clear signal. Let us pray today. Father, we thank you, God, for how good you are. We thank you that you want to speak to us, God. We thank you that you want to give revelation to us. Thank you that, God, that you want to, God, you want for us, God, to hear your voice. And, God, you want for us to, God, to fine-tune our hearing. So, God, would you give us the capacity to say, God, I want diligence. And, God, I want to I have clear direction from you, Lord. And Lord, would you even now, God, if there are, I'm going to just go ahead and take authority. God, if there are supernatural, spiritual walls that are blocking your sons and your daughters from hearing your voice, right now we just decree, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, be broken. Confusion be broken. I speak clarity. I pray that supernatural wisdom and insight would flow through. Father, we pray, oh God, that every barrier that the enemy would set up to block your decree over our life, that it would be broken and smashed in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would have, God, your word says, to him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, we want to have ears to hear today. I pray, oh God, that as we continue on this series, That, God, that we would just kind of find ourselves being in position to hear your voice. And, God, that you would speak. Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. We need the heart of Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. Lord, we thank you. I bless my brothers and sisters in this house right now in Jesus' name. God, I bless, God, marriages. I bless relationships. God, I bless children. God, I I bless, oh God, with health and safety. God, I bless with prosperity. God, I bless, Lord Jesus, with peace. I bless with joy. May the Lord Jesus bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Friends, God bless you. Thanks for joining with us today. If you're, a, if you're a, a special guest, first or second time, make sure you greet Pastor Renee in the back. If you would like prayer for anything, we'd love to do that. If you are able to, if you can, if you can stick around and help us, we got to we got to stack all of these chairs, and we got to put them up on stage for our banquet. If not, if you got to slip on out, friends. Thanks for joining with us. God bless you. Have a great weekend.